I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. <laughs> We've had a very good start to the league, uh, Damien. The first match of the weekend was Limerick and Tipperary. And that was, the, the cliche, Damien, is a game of two halves and it usually includes a gale force wind. This didn't have any wind and it was a game of two halves and it's very hard to ex- explain how this happened. Yeah, it was. I was actually at the game myself, so I was down in, in Turles. And it was it, it was a, definitely a game of two halves. It was, it was unbelievable, to be honest, because... Tip looked unbelievably impressive in the first half, and uh, Limerick kind of looked completely our way. So did you know? And in the second half, it was the complete opposite. So was, but I, I just watching it. I suppose the best way I could describe it to viewers was it was like Tipperary did an unbelievable hard training session on the Friday night, and they were grand for the first half, and the second half they were completely our legs. They, they had nothing in the tank, so they had. But um, it, it was a good game, you know. Um, uh, it was enjoyable. There was lots of good scores, so there was. But yeah, definitely a game of two halves. It was weird, actually. Yeah, it is kind of weird. So, like John Kiley said after the game, I don't know why, but we weren't at the races in the first half. And then he says uh, there was no paint being peeled off the walls. It was very simple, very straightforward. Paul Kinnerk obviously speaks with the players and talks about the aspects of the game that are not maybe executing that well. And after that, we're just asking him for an honest effort in the second half like managers really scratch their heads with stuff like this because you know can you put it down to attitude you're going to play the All-Ireland Champions in their home ground it can't be attitude no it's it's not it's just sometimes um, Colm it's just down to what happens on the day but look it's their first day out even though you say to yourself why would they have been so sluggish because they had the whole Munster League you know and they, and they won the Munster League so, did. so I don't know it's, sometimes it just down to lads getting up and running against the world. But then the, the other the other opposite is that 
how Tip came out of the block so well and then they completely fell asunder in the second half. But yeah. I, I don't know. It'll, it'll just be probably getting up and running again. It's, it was a, a valuable um, valuable points in the bag there now for Limerick. So, but I, I don't know. I'd say there's no explanation for it, but I'd say there would have been a few harsh words said at halftime. You know, I wouldn't believe that. Yeah. I wouldn't. I'd say lads were told to up. Like, you know. I can't imagine John Kiley hopping off them or maybe you don't know he's just so gently spoken in interviews oh, I, I, John Kiley he comes across to me as yeah I know what you mean gently spoken but uh, once again uh, I, I think he's a principal so I do I say he's <laughs> very stern I say he's very stern in what he has to say and I say if he has to get a point across uh, you know maybe without roaring and shouting I say he gets his point across very very clear and uh, I feel this year that the uh, Limerick team this year will be a lot more focused. Uh, I feel they left an All-Ireland behind them last year. In, they let slip. I think they really felt they could have won another All-Ireland last year. And I think the Limerick setup is going to be a very, very focused one this year and completely driven. And John Kiley is really going to be behind that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I suppose when he gets ticked, the principal will come out in him. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, that's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. He might, he might, it's, it's like meeting the parents uh, for the first night to see when your young lads come to the school and you're as nice as pie and next thing you get them in but when they're in I say he puts his foot down I say he runs a very very tight ship and I say he runs a very very disciplined uh, out- outlet as well you know and uh, I say there's no crap of him being honest I say it's black and white with him yeah, no, I definitely think. And Liam Sheedy then obviously said after the game, he says, obviously we did tire. We're not where we need to be in terms of physical preparation. And you mentioned that they looked like a a, a, t- a, a, t- a team that did a hard training session. They have to get those hard training sessions into their legs because they came back from holidays on January the 6th. So, like, I mean, I'd, I'd say there's no doubt they're trying to combine preparing for the league with, with some very physical training sessions. Yeah, and there will be, you know. The call, the call of putting it in the bank you know, yeah. having it, having the reserve, having the reserve there, and like they're after enjoying themselves, and only right they were deserving the All Ireland champions, you know, and they had a super year last year, and they were on at holidays, and lads would have enjoyed themselves over the Christmas as well, you know, and only right as I said, they're only um, you know, they're, they're, they're not every day you win in All Ireland, but like there's going to be hard transitions put in there among the league campaign, so but they, but they, he rested a few players as well yesterday, and he gave lads a run as well, you know, do, you don't don't forget that as well that. Like he gave lads an opportunity, but I reckon there was uh, a tough training session during the week because it's not possible for the lads just to completely go out of the game, yeah, uh, like it is in the second half. It was just complete tiredness. That's what I put it. That's what I put it down to. Yeah, because Limerick were away on holidays too. I don't think as late as Tip, but still, like they were on holidays. Um, was it just before the Christmas period? We kind of saw some of that. Maybe, maybe it was in start of December. Actually, Limerick went away on holidays. Um, I'm just cr- trying to think when we saw that video. Yeah, when we saw that video yeah. appear. Yeah, we did. They did. They went away, but I think. I think, as I said, since maybe that video. Um, um, column which I'm not I'm, I'm all against these videos and posting stuff up on social media I just I hate all that stuff being honest you know but I say I say that John Kiley and the management team have battened down the hatches there big time yeah uh, since all that happened and um, that's the best way for me to describe it I say myself that if lads aren't cooperating or lads aren't prepared to be disciplined uh, they've been showing the door that's, yeah so I think that I think Limerick are a little bit ahead of Tipperary in preparation but it doesn't explain their first half performance. Maybe it was complete uh, rustiness or whatever, which doesn't explain it either with the Munster League and their winners 
or the Munster League, but the second half they completely pushed on. They definitely did. Is there no better time for Tipperary to go on a holiday than coming back on the sixth of January and playing catch up right throughout the league? What, what you've played in enough All Irelands to, to to have been away on holidays. Did you go? Is there no time early December that you could go and not have it impeding on the following season? Yeah, I would agree with you there. It only makes sense that if you are, but uh, basically, um, I think what what kind of happens with the winners is that the month of December is kind of uh, the month that you go get your All Ireland medals and that that type of stuff, uh, Colin. But yeah, it would only make sense that if, if you did go in December, it wouldn't impede on your, would say, your preparation. But the truth of it is, Colin, Liam Sheedy isn't really that awfully interested in the league. Yeah, you know, and that's. You know, and that's that's it. Pain in a nutshell. He's he's not. He's he's completely thrown in on the championship. He's not going to be remembered if, for winning the Allianz League and like that. He's he's trying to find another couple of players. He's going to rest some of the lads, like like the Shamey Cannon will get rested a little bit. Noel McGrath, a couple of these lads. He's what we call he's he's star players, and he'll try find two or three other players, and that's what he's going to use the whole league campaign for. And he, he's not really interested. So the lads won't enjoy themselves, but he'll. He'll look at him down as well, and they'll gain a few points along the way, and they'll be safe and all that sort of stuff. But it's the championship he's interested in. Yeah, it just goes to show in the league, though, because Brian Lohan was uh, interviewed after they hammered Carlo down in, in Ennis, and he said, Since I got involved and we started training nine or ten weeks ago, the work rate and attitude of the players has been exceptional. So you have clear back nine or ten weeks. Um, training and you have Tipperary only back a couple of weeks from holidays and Limerick only a little bit longer than that and for the National League like you just don't know what you're getting with these teams the, the results don't follow necessarily a pattern Yeah well see Brian Lohan's only after getting the job right Yeah. So he's, and, and they are back a couple of weeks so they are because I know that for a fact because I'd be very friendly with Sean Tracy and he's from Portumna so he's, and he's now the new trainer of the Clare Senior Hurlers right, right? And the Clare, I will say this, the Clare Senior Hurlers will be a better prepared team this year than they have been for the last three years. And there'll be no, there'll be no crap taken there either, so they won't, because Sean is a top-class trainer. Right. And Brian Lohan, just from, just from hearing this stuff down in, around Innes, where, where I'm based, that Brian Lohan is meant to be a fantastic organiser. So he's, and he's, he's, very, he's meticulous in all that type of stuff. So, yeah, Clare may be a little bit ahead in preparation, but the truth of it is, Colin, they need it to be. Yeah, you know they, they needed to be, they, they had a very very poor season last year. They were out very very early, so it was important maybe to get them lads back on the on the horse, you know. But I will say this: the just the lads I'm friendly with, Tony Kelly, you know, they're very very happy with the setup in regard. They're doing an awful lot more hurling this year. Okay. So they are in their early in their early training sessions. But yeah, but then you have to remember Tipperary. Tipperary went all the way to All Ireland final. So, like, it'll only take them a couple of weeks to get back up to where they were last year, um, uh, Colin, with lads getting, uh, you know, the proper training, some, the proper diet back in, all the attitude rising. They'll be back up and running within a couple of weeks where clear blood and new players as well and trying to find players as well. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, um, and, and Sean, does he just do the physical training or does would he be involved a bit like Canark in game plans and, you know, the more of the hurling aspect? Oh, no, Sean. Yeah, Sean, 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 is, Sean is doing all of the hurling for you. Right. Um, they have a guy, they have another guy there from Galway called Carr. So they have, um, and he's doing what we call the S and C training right. phase, and they're very happy with him. They're very happy with him as well. But Sean would do all what we call the hurling. Like Sean trained us. Like it was Sean, Sean and um, Johnny Kelly would say they they been would say over for for the last couple of years. You know, when when we were winning all Ireland, yeah. Sean trained us to our very. Very first, and Sean is a good trainer now. He'd be very, very stern 
So he, would, he was a part of the Jorlup Nan set up when he came to Galway. Uh, so he did, but he wasn't the trainer. Louis McQueen was the trainer. Sean was the selector. But yeah, Sean, Sean would be in the full run of, we say, team selection without doubt. And he, he, he knows he's hurling. He's around a long time, but Clare will be a better setup this year. Okay. I'm not saying they're going to win stuff, but they will definitely be a lot better than they were last year. And they'll be a lot more physical and they'll be a lot more motivated. Okay, well, that's interesting. Watch this space. We'll do a bit more on Clare. They had a routine win, I suppose, against Carlos, so there's not too much um, exactly. to see. Yeah, to, exactly. Bread and butter stuff. Bread and butter stuff, I suppose, yeah. Um, Kilkenny then. Jesus, they like. I mean, they gave Dublin a bit, of, taught them a bit of a lesson, and this is even after Richie Lahey got a red card. What's your take on that red card? Because a sim. Uh, not, I don't, go on. It wasn't. I don't. I didn't like the red cards. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't. Uh, the frontal challenge column needs to be sorted out, right? If if it's a frontal challenge with you know massive impact and hurted the lad, yeah, well, that's a different challenge to the one that Richie Lahey gave, right? There was no real hurt. In the tackle, but like he got the straight red. I'm my whole argument is I've said this to you a couple of times over the season, a couple of the seasons that I've been on your podcast, right? Someone else will do it next week and they'll get a yellow, you know. And like you asked me only last week about Brendan Maher's challenge in the Club of Ireland, and yeah. I also said it wasn't a red, but lads were other lads were saying that it was a bit high. Like to me, it's not, it has to be, it has to be an unbelievable mean challenge for me to get a red. A red card. They've, they've, yeah, they've uh, clamp- saying- they're obviously clamping down a lot on these head high challenges. We we saw it started last year. I think was it Tony Kelly got red carded against Tip at the first round of the league, yeah. and then it carried through. And obviously Richie Hogan's in the All Ireland final um, for the head high tackle. And now Richie Lahey. Are players just going to have to go here? Listen, you're just going to have to calm down. If that's what referees are doing, the red cards now, whether they used to be red cards or not, is 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 not the is not the point. Yeah, but the whole thing as well, Colm, is. There was a high challenge put on Aylward, you know, a couple of minutes later, and there was no red card, you know. So, like, I'm the whole the whole thing about consistency. But yeah, what the trainers will be saying is that the referees have been told that they have to clamp down on this sort of stuff with the high challenge. So that what the coaches will be telling the lads is they have to get their tackling, get their hands, and get the tackling into the body, not up high. If you if you do a high challenge or leave it, which we call neck high, you're leaving yourself open to getting sent off. And that, that is the, so a lad will say you tackle with the hand into the body. Once you hit a lad into the body, even if it's a fierce mean belt, once you're hitting him into the body, it's all, and the most you'll get is yellow. But if you go in high with a half midland challenge, you're, 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 you're leaving yourself open for a red card. It happened to your Matt Hansbury last year with Galway. So he, did, he got a red card, so he did it against Kikini, and, and was a huge loss to them then against Dublin in the, in the last round of the Leinster. But also, Colin, just you're all about training. The Dublin team of hurlers have been back a long, long time. Yeah, a long time. They've done the they've done the world of work now. So they have, and like they, they didn't look, they looked far from impressive yesterday. But they're back a long time now training. Dublin, Dublin are soft outside Parnell Park, and I, I never draw conclusions from the league. But this is just more evidence on top of the evidence last year. They're able to beat Galway. They go down badly in the second half against Kilkenny. They lose to Leash in Amore Park. There seems to be something about Dublin where they can hurl well in Parnell Park and then go away from home, and and they don't seem to be the same force at all. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Even when Anthony Daly had them one year, he brought it was they went down to. Moor Park down in Leash and, and they got absolutely hammered by um, by Kilkenny to did one year so I would agree more and the reason for this column and I said this before is that Parnell Park's a way tighter pitch it's a way way tighter pitch and it's a, there's a lot more 
rooks and malls and it's a lot harder to get away from a player and the crowd is up beside you and they're only inches from the touchline and all that so you know they love playing in Parnell Park compared to playing in for example uh, the likes of Nolan Park or Port Leash or any of these places or even Clear Stadium so um, I was disappointed I have to say I was extremely disappointed in that Dublin yesterday. You have to remember, they, they were playing against a 14 man Kilkenny team for a long, long time. A long time. And a Kilkenny team nowhere near full strength. And, like, I mean, Dublin, I think, had 10 of last year's championship team. They had a much stronger team on paper than Kilkenny had. And then Maddie Kenny is quoted after the game. We introduced a few new players today. And I suppose last year we worked hard early on in the league. And as the championship went on, we seemed to lose our form a little bit. Having said that, we would like to have per- we would like the better performance today. I'm starting to think Matty Kenny likes a few excuses when they lose. I don't think he takes responsibility for it because he said in the championship last year we seemed to lose our form. Well, like their best their best ma- their best performance in the championship was their second last match against Galway at home, and then they go out and lose to Leash after that. So, like, I mean, I don't accept that that they lost their form as the championship went on. I think he's making excuses. <laughs> Yeah, well, as I said, they're back a long time. I know, I know, I know this, right? They're back a long time doing gym work and doing all that type of stuff. You know, all this S and C training. I just, but at the end of the day, you can do all the S and C training you want, Colin, right? And I know your your body has to be in a, in a good physical state for this league and championship hurdle. But at the end of the day, it has to be. You have to be able to do what we call the top class skills in inter county level. And sometimes Dublin don't have it as good as other teams. But yeah, it, it, this thing is making out. Sure. They, ha- they had a pretty good um, championship last year. Yeah, and they, qualified. they qualified, yeah. Then they got beaten. So that doesn't make sense no. at all. Like, they, they blew it against Leash. Let's, let's be honest. They would have favoured themselves against Tipperary if they, if they got a chance at them. So, um, But they were poor. They, they were really, really poor. Even their full back line, even the two soft goals that they let in. I, I thought they were... I, I was disappointed in Dublin. I, I sat down and watched the game. I was impressed with Kilkenny. I'm always impressed with Kilkenny's attitude. That's great, there, yeah. you know, and and the way they go about things. And like, I can only imagine Cody just telling the boys, like even when they win a free, I love that when when they win the free or whatever, they just drop the ball and just run away, you know, or or whatever. But um, Kilkenny are finding a few players again, so they are, and and they have the Ballyhale boys to come back, and and they have the uh, Porrig uh, Walsh to come back, and yeah. they have a couple of lads to come back there, you know, it's. it's you're in a good place. They are, they are. And Brian Cody was talking about the reaction to the to the sending off, and he said the reaction to it was very, very positive. And that's actually in contrast to the All Ireland final last year, where the sending off had yeah. a, you know a big bearing on the game the other way. So maybe they were kind of talking at half time, going, "Let's not, you know, let this affect us," and you know, maybe that upped the ante a little bit on on the reaction. Yeah. But he said it was going to demand a lot of energy and genuineness from the players to combat it. And also good use of the ball. And there's the word you, you would use to describe Kilkenny: genuineness. Like do you know, aren't they, you just know yeah. what you, you know what you're going to get from Kilkenny every single time they play the play a match. If you're not prepared on a Brian Cody team, if you're not prepared to give it everything for as long as you're out in that pitch, with work rate and honesty and genuineness, I don't think you will feature on the team until you start doing it. Yeah. And and that that that's Brian Cody's, I'd say, motto. Uh, for his whole management career. He just wants to see honesty. And DJ Carey's in there now this year, you know, and DJ is a nice fella, you know, and he'll, he'll probably bring in his little bit as well to the set. I've seen him before the match going around, speaking to the players, you know, saying a few words to him. So, like, DJ wanted to bring his little bit as well because he was with the under-20 set-up as well last year. So, um, 
as I said, the Kikini players, they're just so honest. That's the only way to describe it, you know. And uh, Cody will go out to try to win the league like he does every year. He always says it's the second biggest competition in the calendar year uh, is the league. So, uh, once again, a great win over Dublin. But I thought Dublin were disappointing. No, they definitely were. They were very disappointing. So Galway got off to a winning start. Um, it was an easy enough uh, win at home. Joe Canning scored more than Westmead did. He got tw- uh, he got twelve points. Westmead only got ten um, in the end. So like there was nothing nothing really too much to say about this, Damien. Other than um, what the story with Galway is, because. They won minors in 17, 18 and 19. Are we seeing any of these? I know Dermot Kilcommons played yesterday, but where are these? Like, it seems to be a team that needs new faces. And I'm wondering with, all the, with those three years of minors coming through, surely we have a few stars coming in to freshen that team up. Yeah, well, well as you know, we have a new manager this year in Limerick. So we have um, Shane O'Neill as the new manager. So he's, he's a Limerick man. So he's uh, interesting enough, maybe people might know this, Right, I didn't know it myself until the Christmas period that there was only actually two people interviewed for the job, right. for the Galway job, which took which took so long, and there were two Limerick people. So it was right. which was Shane O'Neill and Kieran Carey. So the rumor was that Louis McQueen was interviewed for the job, but he wasn't interviewed for the job. So it was a, it was a two horse race for the management, and Shane O'Neill got the job. What is Shane O'Neill like? Not many know on Galway what he's like. No more than myself. But the rumor coming back is that he's a very good organizer and he's actually a very good manager. And he's a very, very nice fella, right? So the, the players like him as well. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, there was something like uh, 50 players in there that was uh, training, doing all the S&C training, the running and whatever. And is now after being whipped back, so it has to roughly 30. They dropped about 15 to 20 players off the panel. So he has tried and look at some of these, what we call All-Ireland minor winning teams. So it'll be interesting to see who he finds. It'll be interesting why he's looking for him in the league as well. But he does need to find a few players, um, Colin, because there is a couple of them players, and I have no problem saying it, there's a couple of players on the panel in Galway that are happy being subs. And I cannot understand that. That right. is the truth. Happy, happy being a sub is no good to me. And there's some of the players that have been subs on that panel for the last five, six, seven years. And they're just happy being subs. So that to me is, is useless to any setup. Yeah. So, they, so he, needs to find, he needs to find players... Uh, that's why I say he's going to use the whole the, the whole league campaign. He needs to find roughly five players. You like the likes that he's looking at goalie there, um, uh, Ian Murphy. He's a nice goalkeeper now. He he he's good hands, so he's, he's a good stick hurler. So he's he's a nice goalie. I just seen there yesterday to try Garrod McInerney full back, which is obviously meaning that you know may, maybe he's looking maybe at Garrod maybe to go to for example uh, to full back and maybe bring Zahi Burke to see what he'd like be like out centre back. Centre back. He's, he's, he's looking at. Yeah, look, Jamie, you know, he's only just looking at things. Yeah. And, you know, he's right against the likes of Westmead. No disrespect to Westmead, but Galway were always going to were always going to win that game. They brought in the likes of Ty Karn. So now, he was there in my time. So he was. He's a very, very good striker of a ball. He's from Lee Mellow Hurling Club. Uh, he'd be their marquee forward. So he was, uh, got six points from play yesterday. He, he, he's a good, he'd be able to score now. He'd be able to score, so he would. Uh, but he's been there. He's been out around the block a while. So well, I, was go- I think that's just for Galway. Because I was obsessed, I was obsessed with these all these miners coming through, and then I saw him, um, Haran, score six from play, and I ask you, is this a young lad coming through the ranks? And you said, no, he's been there since I since since you were there. So there's nothing uh, new. Maybe he's a forward playing he, in midfield, so that could be a bit of a, a weapon. Maybe is it? Yeah, yeah. He's no, he's a good hurler. He, he's he's well able to hurl. So he is. But he's been he's been around the block for a while. He damaged he hurt his leg there one stage, and it put him back a little bit. 
But instead, he's, he's with Lee Meadows. And I suppose Lee, Lee Meadows are a club that are going very well at the moment. So they, they won, they competed in the last three county finals in Galway. So, they, so he's probably getting more what we call airtime uh, to show his skills. But he's a good hurler, whether he can push on to make the team. But he's definitely a, a very good attacking option. So he's and, and, and another good free taker as well. But he's a good strike off the ball, very good strike off his right. Okay. And what about in Murphy and goals? Because we know Callanan is retired and Skehill doesn't yeah. really have the, the doesn't have an array from his pokeouts, does he? He just he he's a big bomb and that's about it. So maybe does Murphy have more variety to his pokeouts? He comes from he comes from a club called uh, Tommy Larkin, uh, which would be a, network, a neighbouring club to us in Portumna, right? Um, I'm nearly certain he's a twin. He's a brother as well that, can play, that plays up in the uh, forward. Another good hurler. But I, I keep an eye on that, that goalie. He's a good goalkeeper now. I, I see. I see. We played Tommy Larkins last year in club championship. He's a, he's he's a nice hurler now, and he has all the hands. You know, that when I mean by hands, you know, he's all the touches. And yeah, I I I say this guy if he gets the run. He could push for uh, he could push for a starting spot this year. That guy, he's a good goalkeeper now. Okay, all right, fair enough. What about Angus Clark sending off? Are you going to tell me that wasn't a second jello? Wait. The Angus Clark, he he pulled down on Joe Canning from behind. It, it was a genuine effort at batting the ball, and he apologised straight away. And Joe yeah. to, Joe told the referee yeah. there's nothing in it, and the referee continued on to give him the second jello. Yeah, but should see the, all these referees are being are being monitored and they're being racist. So um, I, there was no malice to it, absolutely no. No, there wasn't. Just joy, not, I, you know, and he got the second yellow sub. Look, at, um, he got sent off. But you don't like to see it, but there was no malice towards it. But once again, he was sent off because the refs are all being watched and being scrutinised and to see what level you're going to be play, refereeing in championship. That's where it's all coming to. Yeah. The Westmead manager, Shane O'Brien, said we just thought it was an absolutely outrageous decision. Donald Oak said last night look it was a second jello it's hard to argue it wasn't a second jello it's just when it happened he immediately apologised he did not mean to do that and Joe didn't mind it I you know like I'm not a hurling person so I can imagine hurling people would have been how would you ever let that game go on there and don't be sending the chap yeah, off you're right. that. That, that, that was exactly that was exactly a con exactly would you ever let him off or, you know send him off nicking yeah. and that's exactly how it was yeah maybe it is the assessors he's worried about getting in trouble for not for not doing it doing it right he was a strong referee I have to say whether we agree with the decision or not when Joe Canning's talking to you in your ear and saying leave him off there, there was, I, that, was, that was no big deal and the Westmead lads were pleading you know he, he, he definitely wasn't swayed by the, by the players opinions anyways he was sticking to See, his they're, they're being rated they're being rated column the refs they're being rated to see what will they be refereeing in the in the summer. This is my opinion. So whether you're going to be refereeing championship matches, Christy Ring, Joe McDonough, you know these. So this is how they're being rated to see are they up to the level. Yeah. So um, that's that, that's my opinion. I don't know that, but that's just where I, I often come up with my conclusions. There's definitely a move away from the traditional hurling person. Let the game flow, and unless someone's seriously hurt you wouldn't send anyone off. There's a move away from that, Damien, isn't there? Whether hurling people are like that or not, from the referees, there's a move movement away from the Brian Gavin kind of way of refing a game where you just you go go out and let them hurl unless, some, unless there's a really dirty stroke where everybody knows it's dirty, you wouldn't be getting the line. Yeah, you're right. And it's all down to health and safety and protect the players and all that. And then it's gas column. If you had a training match amongst yourselves, you know, 15 on 15, you know, with a, what we call the, 
the A team versus the B team or the probable versus the possibles, right? It's it's full hell for litter. <laughs> it's all out there's war. There's all out war. Next thing you go and you play a league match, you play a, a championship match, and next thing you're being pulled for every little niggle or if you tip some ladder or whatever. But um, So you're often training one way. And when you go out to play the match, it's completely been refed a different way. But yeah, it's it's going a lot of it. It's this protect the player and uh, health and safety and uh, all that sort of stuff. Compared to you said the Brian Gavin way of unless the lad got basically split open or or knocked down and and was out for the cold, you'd win a free. But some people like that refereeing. But Everton again within moderation. That's always my. My opinion on it, you know. Yeah, yeah, common sense on it. Don Logue made a good point last Come. night, and I'm always curious about things that I don't don't really know about hurling. And he was making a point last night that the spare hand. Now I'd know nothing about the spare hand in hurling because I didn't play it, and you're not allowed to tackle with it. And there's a lot of players now using it to slow slow their markers down to stop a counter attack. Like it's almost bringing football tackling into hurling, and that's that's not it's not permitted. That's exactly what it is. It's, a, it's about... Uh, so what happens is, Colin, to explain it again is, and it's the exact same purpose as the, as the football. If you're, if you're running alongside your man and you have your... With the hurlers in your right hand, right? Your, your left hand is pulling your man back to yeah. stop his momentum flow. Like this. And like, I've even seen it. I watched the Kerry Dublin uh, football Saturday night. And it must be a rule within the Dublin and, and the Kerry footballers that when you go face your man even when the ball goes up the other end of the field, you must hit him to put him back. Put him back with, say, half a step. Or push so him back, yeah. momentum has gone backwards. Exactly. So it's, it's the same thing. It's all, as I said to you, it's all, it's all with the tackles when you're allowed to tackle with your hand into the body. You won't get sent off with a tackle, like, which is the same thing as football, tackles into the body, where if you use the hurl. But it's, they're all the same purposes, um, uh, Colm. Even if you're tackling the man, they say in rule number one, when you step, when you when you stand him up, the rule number one is use the hand that you don't have to hurl in and they say try and hit him into the chest, right? Where when you do that, you're moving him backwards, moving him away from his momentum to go forward, yeah. which means he has to go back. They're all, they're all at all the top class, um, top class inter-county trainers are all doing that. It's about getting them to get their sensor of gravity to go backwards where they don't have momentum going forward. And, and, and growing up underage then, would you be told that you're not allowed you, like, you know, when you're learning the skills of the game and not at senior inter-county level where you're trying to find, you know, an edge and how you're going to use this spare hand, are you told that you're not allowed to use that spare hand to tackle at all, that you have to use your hurl? Is that how you're coached as a young player? Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's, that's, you know, this, Using the hand and all that's only after coming in the last couple of years. Right. So when I was when I was growing up, it was all you're all just doing drills, Colin. And it's the exact same when you're training a uh, setup. It's all it's all the tackling kind of only comes in, I suppose, maybe from minor level up. I don't think there's many teams showing how to tackle, but um, but that's it's only after coming in the last couple of years. Everything has changed. It's actually kind of something to do with basketball and American football uh, that they learn this sort of stuff, but. No, definitely, definitely. I was never shown how to tackle when I was underage, or have I ever done it? You know, once again, you just try to tell them to keep the hurl down and don't give away freeze. That's kind of the way you do it. You know. Yeah, yeah. He Donald showed a few examples. Like it's definitely in the game. And then Jackie made the point where if you blow this all the time, you'll get no flow. And hurling people are obsessed with letting the game flow. So it's hard to know how to eradicate this out of the game 
without ha- you'd need a season of blowing this every time to you know to take it out of the game. But once again, it's blown by someone, it's not blown by others, Colin. Right, right. So that, that's the whole argument. But the but the thing is, if it, it's it's this thing of taking out the game, it's not going to be taken out of the game. They're all all the top class coaches are on about this tackling. And for example, it's cynical. It's cynical, like, isn't it? Yeah, you know, one one hundred percent. So what happens is, Colin, your midfielder gets the ball and he drives it into the full forward position. So the ball is after going in. So with the wing forward and the centre forward is after turning and he's running into the full forward line to give support play or maybe hoping to go onto a break. Yeah. Right? So obviously the defender can't catch him or hold him like this. So when he turns with him, he's running in with him and he's what we call his open hand, which is the hand that doesn't have the hurl. He's pulling him back. Putting it across he's him. pulling yeah. him back to stop him. We're not pulling across and catching his other, catching his hand and pulling him back. Yeah, you know to, to stop the momentum. And that's going on. Come, that's going on for years. It's not just because because uh, Don Logue is after Sean. It's going. He, he might be highlighting, it, but that's that's been going on for years. Yeah, maybe unless maybe it's starting to come a little bit more because there is nothing f- more frustrating when you have a break on like that and you're away and then there's somebody pawing at you. And I, I never really realised that your spare hand in hurling is just really for catching, right? It's not. It's not. That's not. It's it's not meant to be used for tackling because you can't tackle the man. So yeah, I ju- I just thought it was interesting that uh, that I hadn't noticed. Yeah. I hadn't really noticed that because when you're used to watching Gaelic football, you just wouldn't think there's anything big in that at all. You just think, and, yeah, he's using and his it's hands. Very, to... and, it's, and it's very, very noticeable as well, Colin. Keep an eye on the rooks. When, when, the, when the ball is in the rook among, we'll just say, five or six or seven players, keep an eye on the rooks. The two, when lad, some lad is down trying to ride the ball. Watch the way lads go into the rooks, especially into the county level. They're all going in with their legs to try to get in over the ball for centre of gravity and they're also going in with their open hands so when you're trying to rise the ball, picture you trying, you're bending your back trying to rise the ball. The lad that's tackling is slapping you with his open hand to stop you from rising it. That's right. not a free. He's slapping that. He's slapping you at the arm that's holding the hurl to not allow you to rise it. No, no, no. He's slapping the other hand to right. catch the ball. Okay, okay, okay. So, so when you so when you rise the ball, so you if you hold the hurl on your right hand and you're down riding the ball. So next thing you ride and it comes up into the air and you're going to snap it with your left hand. Right. They, they, all the good defenders or whatever they're tackling, their their hand, their open hand is slapping your left hand so that you won't be able to catch it. And next thing the ball is back down on the ground again. Right. And next thing the, that's where the rook and the melee starts. Keep an eye on that. And when the rooks occur, watch the amount of lads the leaves go into the rooks with their leg. The leaves going straight in with their leg into the middle of the rook. What, just keep an eye on it. Yeah, no, I've seen lads, I've seen them doing that before. Yeah, and what's that to do to protect their hand? To protect the hand being slapped, is it? it, it also, it's just to, it's just to get in over the ball, get your body into the middle of the rook to get in over the ball to try rise it. But and so instead of lads poking at you, one time you'd have lads poking at from the <laughs> what we call the outside where they wouldn't want to get a belt. Yeah, that'd be know, that'd right? be you. You you like to hang around the outside yeah. of rooks, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was afraid of my life. Uh, and Brian, uh, Brian, Ca- well, Brian Carroll, Brian Carroll used to stay out with the rooks, anyways. He's a, he's he's admitted that. Yeah, but what's called? But some lads, some lads be saying, "Oh, the rook looking for the handy ball," or they be poking at near like they near like they the snooker queue. You know, but <laughs> watch. Uh, but, but uh, no, but just watch, just watch the next rook we'll say next weekend when it happens. 
the, the way that we slap each other on the hands of the opening it's just to stop the player from rising the ball right yeah um, I'll keep my eye out for that it's a cute one yeah no it definitely it's sounds cute, cute. Yeah. Cute I have to say I like I quite like that one it's more subtle than the other one the other one's a bit more cynical I like the, I like the one in the ruck though come here you, you kept this one quiet that you're gone into management Boris O'Kane and Tipperary well, I am I'm got, I, I'm, they're only over the road Colm and um, I, I, I do the sessions with them at the weekend so I do on the Friday and the Sunday and um, I'm enjoying it now. They're intermediate, so they are, you know. And when I, I say they're only over the road, did they not win the intermediate in 2010? They got relegated again after that, did they? Yeah, yeah, they got relegated again. So they're 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 a young they're a young team, and uh, the numbers have been good now. You know, in fairness, like I I trained them there Sunday morning, so we did, and we thirty two down train. I trained them Friday evening, and we thirty down train. So and they're all young, lads. and the one thing I say, Colin, the training I'm doing is all hurling. And I'm always saying that they're going down to go hurling training. Yeah. You know, and everything to be with the ball. <laughs> I remember a lad one time, he was training with us, you know, and next thing we had about half an hour training done. Next thing your man turns to me and he says, Geez, your man must have got mixed up with training. I came down to go hurling training, not to do athletics. He says, <laughs> we're, we're doing nothing only, he says, we're doing nothing only running, he says, since we came down. You know, but I do feel sometimes, especially in club setups, Colm, just the more enjoyable you can make it for the club player regarding hitting as many balls as you can it's a great help because you know the, the, club, the club here he's to wait a long time for games during the year but yeah I'm giving Boris Kane a hand and, and I'm enjoying it I retired Colin my, my, I've been I've been off a sore, I've been off a problem with a shoulder and an ankle and ah, my, my time is up my, my turkey is cooked so it's it's just to get out of the house and do stuff so you wanted to fill the time yeah exactly and not completely <laughs> stay, out, stay out of hurling that, that is a good one though because the well, old you can get lazy, Colin. Yeah. <clears throat> you can get extremely, extremely lazy, you know, and you can get into, as I call it, into a little rush. Yeah. You know, so, and, I, and it's only the weekend, you know, I, I, I Boris Gain, they're nice lads over there and they're nice players and, like, I could have, we could have went doing three sessions a week, but, like, there was no need because a lot of lads are in college. So I, I just do the Friday and the Sunday sessions. Like, being honest with you, I'm over and back within an hour and a half and it suits everyone. Would you do a bit of the? Would you take part in a few of the drills, or would you just be? Would you just be doing it, or would you? No, I wouldn't take. I wouldn't take part in the drills. I'd obviously I'd always have my hurl, so I would. And um, what's it called? But I would just show them how I want the drill done. Right. And they they, they may do it, but uh, there's some days I put out bollards, and you know cones, and there's other days I don't. Sometimes I find there's lads out there with cones, and I you'd look into a pitch even at the inter-county level, and you'd, I'd often say like. It's, kind of nearly completely shown off like I have more cones out than they have and we'll do this and we'll do that you know my own opinion Colin on the whole hurling thing is right it's trying to be over analyzed and some trainers are trying to complicate it too much the simpler the drill and the more it's perfected and the better it's done the better the drill yeah. you can have the most complicated drills and if, kept, if they keep breaking down Colin the drill is useless yeah, no, I would agree with you with all the cones and stuff. So you can go on, you can go online and learn these. Like that, that says nothing about about <coughs> you at all. Anyone, any any club official that is impressed by the amount of drills a trainer is able to do, forget about that. Sure, that's. Like, I mean, I don't see too much. I wouldn't see too <coughs> much into, read too much into that. It just keep, it just keep it simple. I, like I, I I I wouldn't do much reading, but I do always remember Justin McCarthy wrote a book. So he did. It was called Hooks. You know, and I just always remember one quote he had in the book, and it was, and I used to love doing wall ball hurling, you know, or alleys in the alleys, right? And he said, you know, the alley to the hurler 
is the fairway to the golfer. It doesn't lie. And it's like this, Colin, if you're inside the alley or, the, or hitting the ball off a gable into the house and you strike the ball off your left and it comes straight back into your hand and then you strike the ball off your right and the ball comes back around your knees or down around your ankles, then you have a problem with your right-hand side and you need to improve that. Right, and okay. It's, it's, it's very, very, it's very simple, <clears throat> Colin. If you're doing a train session and you throw 10 balls out in front of you on the left-hand side and you put 9 out of 10 over the bar and then you go to the left-hand side and you do the exact same drill and you, and you hit 5 out of 10 but then you have an issue with that side column. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be complicated. You need to pr- practice more on that side of your shooting than the other side. And it's, keep it simple, column. It shouldn't be a complicated thing. And that's my own opinion. But it, I, you could speak to a different trainer and he'll completely disagree with what I'm saying. But, yeah. uh, and, how, and even the hand... Would the, you, would you prescribe... Go on, go on, sorry. The, the hand pass. I think the hand pass is the easiest skill in hurling. Right, it's one of the most simplest skills in hurling. Right, that is hardly ever practiced on a training ground. Like you, the pitcher, get run onto a ball, riding it, soloing through, giving a hand pass to a man that's in better space and over the back. You know, and that is never practiced on the training pitch. Hardly, hardly practiced is the hand passing drill to, to perfect the hand pass and to perfect the hand pass column off both hands. So if you're soloing through the middle. And your man is free on your right as you can give the hand pass across your body with your left hand. But if your man is free on your left hand side as you can cross your hurls and swap your hands and throw the hand pass. And that's all practice. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, they would do a lot of hand passing drills in Gaelic football. Maybe too much, I suppose. At, at times, people say, "I'm interested about that ball, the ball alley, though," because you obviously you'd have one in Portumna. Would Boris O'Kane? Ha- would every club in Ireland? Would every hurling club in Ireland have a? a no. They wouldn't. And like, no, I mean, no, would no, you? Would you be no, telling? So we, the Bursa can't have one we, or they don't have one? No, they don't, they don't have one. But they, what they have there is they have, um, they have what we call a stand. They just have a stand. And at the back of the stand there's a wall, right. obviously, because there's blocks on it with construction. Yeah. Right? So I, I, would, I would bring them over for a few minutes to just get them to hit the ball because the more balls you can hit, Colin, the better. You know, my whole thing is that they go home saying they hit balls the rose balls, the hand pass balls, as opposed to running around cones and going home saying, geez, I'm dreading the next training session. What's he going to have us do now? But the whole thing is, Colin, there's a lot, there is, now we, we don't have an alley in Pertumna, no. right? We have a wall. We have a wall in Pertumna on an astrophone, which is the same thing. But don't get it complicated, Colin. A wall ball or an alley is the gable into the house. Yeah. That's, well, that's all you need. But you that's, just, that's, you, that's, that's you, all. That's all you need. Do you destroy a good slitter hitting it off the wall, though, would you? Sure, what the difference? Go down to club training and put a slitter in your pocket and drive it home. Every inter-county hurler is, is, when the training is over, don't get it wrong, I did it for years myself, when <laughs> training will be over, you take off your helmet and you put on the clips and you throw one or two slitters inside the helmet and you walk off with the with the hurl or the helmet in your hand and you throw the two slitters into your bag and when you go do your own practice you know and but you would but there's other slitters you can get there's slitters that you can get for wall ball hurling that the more you hit the ball column it heats up oh right so, uh, so the, obviously the more hurt, so at the start the ball is cold but when you start hitting the ball off the wall it gets warmer and warmer and what it does is improves your striking but it, it, it improves your speed eye coordination and your fitness and also you know basically your 
leg work and your feet work has to improve as well. I have to say this wall, the wall ball to me if you ever want to be a serious hurler and you're not going out to a wall ball with a couple of targets on it and whacking it as many times as you can until you're hitting that target is coming back into your hand you're not being ser- you're not being serious about being a hurler would that be fair to say? Absolutely Colin Colin when we for some that won four club All-Ireland we were very very lucky to win four All-Ireland we had a great team right and like, we're, it was a golden era of players right Straight up, a golden era of players, m- mighty fellas, right? There was two, twice a week column in the, at, de- at that stage. I used to be spending one hour, right? So two days a week over in Tina Walworth. Tina's only over the road, four and a half miles from us, and I used to go over. I, w- I was very friendly with a few of the lads in Tina, I used to go over, and I would bang balls off the wall for one hour. I would time it, and I would hit so many sitters that it would nearly cut your off the tums of the inside of your tums so it was but yeah if I tell you I like CJ Reid Joe Cannon Patty Corgan Jamie Canlon uh, all these lads right they're all in the alley they're all on the wall balls they're getting sessions in as I said it's all grand bench pressing and squatting but at the end of the day sometimes it'll come to striking and they'll go to the wall ball. like Tommy Dunn I guarantee you Tommy Dunn is meeting lads in the temporary settle and often has done wall ball sessions uh, and alley sessions with that. It really improves your striking. Right. Uh, so the clear hurlers have been doing it as well. It's it's something that has to be done. You know, and you see some players that are bad strikers of the ball. I guess there's only one way to improve it, and that's to actually stay at it and stay striking and stay in striking. I'll tell you the story, right? So I we we were over, um, John McIntyre was the manager, so he was a Galway, and he came up to me. We were after winning the club at Ireland, and I was, personally myself, I was absolutely fine, and we are after beating De La Salle, and we are after beating... Bally Hale and semi finals. So it was, and next thing he came up to me one day and he just said, he told me I was absolutely flying. And he says to me, like, what type of training are you doing yourself? And I just told him, Charles, that all I was doing was wall ball sessions and alley sessions. Like, you know, I wasn't going to the gym. I wasn't going, doing any physical run around. I was doing the wall ball. He didn't understand me. Be honest. Cool. He didn't understand me. And next thing, one day, didn't we do a, a wall ball session under Paddy Butler, right? Which was head of coaching at the time. So it was, and he's done a wall ball session with the team for an hour and 15 minutes. The whole squad now, 30 players, right, in drills. And it was an absolutely top-class training session. We were opening some pitch down in Westmead, memory serves me right. And when the session was over, we are walking back up to the dressing room, and John McIntyre walked over to me, and he goes to me, you're speaking to the converters. <laughs> he couldn't get, he, he could not get over the session that we had for an hour and 15 minutes and the amount of balls that we hit. We hit, and anyone that's listened to me will we'll all agree that a wall ball session is very enjoyable. It's very hard, it's very intense, but you, you hit some amount of balls. And I always remember, Colin, when you're going down on hurling, you want to hit balls. Yeah. You want to hit spitters. It's like you going down football training, next thing you're spending 45 minutes of running around cones and, and doing this stuff, next thing you only actually kicking football for about 20 minutes. Asher, stop. Asher, stop. In January, you could be told there's no balls tonight, lads. And so you're just demoralised. You feel like getting back into your car and going home. It's a it's a complete disaster. All, them, all oh. the top class, all the top class trainers, and I'm speaking about top class trainers all around the country that are doing club hurling or football. They will try and incorporate the two of them. Yeah, you have to, you have to do yeah. that, and you, you can do. It's not hard. It's not hard to do that either. So, like, I mean, I don't know why. It's called, yeah, it's called cheating. You know, we'll do we'll do no running tonight, lads. We'll do all hurling or all kicking football. But sure, the world running in the drills, cheating. Yeah, no. That's 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 what all the top lads do. I think so. I think so. Right, come here. We'll come back and we'll talk about Cork and Waterford next.
touch this. A few weeks later, they played Phil Kenny below in Orland Park. The same year. And, oh, they were being hockey. But the camera went in, there was a fellow warming up. Jesus, you should see him. Yeah, that fuck. He was massive. Legs, ass, belt. But I burst out laughing about There he was, the epitome of what I said. I told you, homeboy. Yeah, we want to focus on the Waterford-Cork game, Damien, because Waterford, interesting, obviously um, Liam Cal is their new manager and they got off to the worst possible start, then came back into it really well and showed a lot of um, heart and a lot of work rate and were home and hosed and then nearly threw, <laughs> nearly threw it away in the end. Oh, exactly. It was a, it was a very weird game again, um, Colm, and I was watching the match next thing Cork had two goals first two scores were two goals I said to myself oh god this is going to be in for a, a one-sided affair so it was, and then Cork just fell asleep so there's this, it's very very interesting water of new management as we know you know and uh, I'm delighted to see that there's a couple of uh, what we call uh, water legends a part of his uh, backroom team you know with Liam Cal but um, I'm disappointed in Cork I won't like to Cork has some great hurlers but there's something missing in them there's just they, they should be a lot better, you know. Yeah. Like they went two goals up, they went two goals up at the very start of the match. Like you know, that, like that should have been momentum alone, confidence should have been, you know. And next thing, all of a sudden, they like completely slipped. And I think they went down, it went in a point down, if not two down. Yeah. And if that like, was if that was Kilkenny, if that something. was if that was Kilkenny, there was no way back for Waterford there. Absolutely not. If that was Kilkenny, if that was Limerick, Galway, I, I don't, I don't think it would have been there. Uh, a way back, you know, and a uh, Tipperary even with two goals up at the start. Like, and like, both were missing, missing a lot of players as well. A lot of players have been dropped off the squad. A lot of players are newcomers, you know. And I, I know some of them the mark now and give a great performance of the, and account of themselves, but ah, there's something missing in Cork. I don't know what it is. <clears throat> unless Cork, I, I'll say it this way, and I don't want to be uh, say anything wrong, but unless Cork gets a bit rougher. A bit rougher, they're going to go nowhere again this year. That's the best way I can say it without being um, blackguarding or, you know, like, you know, they just need to get tougher. Tougher and rougher. They need to bring it into their play, and it hasn't been in their play for a long time. And I was, I was disappointed, very disappointed in Cork yesterday. Yeah, definitely. Waterford, on the other hand, uh, Liam Cal said after the game, they need to start putting a bit of identity to what they're about as players, as a team, as a squad. I think they started reasonably well today to show a bit of change that everybody's looking for. So what did you make of Waterford and the style of play? Like One thing that stood out for me, obviously, is they played a lot more orthodox than they usually than they have been. Um, well, obviously, under, under Derek McGrath, Parik Fanning was changing it a bit yesterday. Patrick Curran and Stephen Bennett, um, they were the real force at under twenty one level, and uh, Patrick Curran, for whatever reason, never really made it. But they 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 were very good yesterday, both of them. Desi Hutchinson didn't really get into the game, but I don't think these this kind of part of the season might not suit his game all all that well. I think he'll he'll do better in the summer. Well, but they have good hurlers, Waters. You know, and Liam Cal is going to find them, as you said. They went to Orthodox fifteen on fifteen, but the one thing I did know was about them. And I've seen it with Liam Cal, two under-20 All-Ireland winning teams. He, he's big into the stick pass, the 20, 30-yard stick pass to hand, which is a big piece of their play. 
And like they found a good few players here yesterday that are willing to step up to the mark. The man was really good. He was daily at wing back and got a great point for this, you know. And then you had Kieran Bennett who got five five from playing. I think it was one sideline. So another great player. And I I I take it he's a brother. So he's of uh, he is Eagles, yeah. So he's, he is. He scored yeah. He scored he scored eleven points. And I've, and there's another one of them brothers. That his name won't come to me. Shane. Yeah, he, he's not he on the panel. Corner, yeah, he was corner forward. So maybe he might even come back into the Directing as well, but he's given them a good. He's, he's, he, once again, he's the fine players. Liam Cal, he just just has to find players as well to see. Like Ozzy Gleeson wasn't playing yesterday. You know, there was a couple of other lads um, that are injured as well. Uh, he needs to, but Keith uh, was a great. That was a huge result for Watford. Like I, I thought they were going to get hammered yeah. at, at the start of the match. The next thing they come out with the points in the bag, you know, and all all the points uh, count for. Uh, Liam Cal would have them better, I think, at stick hurling. Passing whether Waterford will do much this year, I don't think they will. Being being honest with you, I just don't think they will. But he will improve them. The 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 Patrick Curran goal was a lovely goal. It was Callum Lyons was picked out running straight down the middle um, with a nice stick pass, like what you're talking about. I'm not sure how he passed it then to Patrick Curran. Was it with the hurl? It looked a bit awkward. Maybe he did it so no, fast. No, I think I think he I think he 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 passed it with opposite hand. He threw the hurl into the hand, but. It was a good hand pass. He's a, he's a, he's, that lad is fierce fit. Yeah. He, he, he that lad go up and down, up and down the pitch. But it was, it was a lovely goal. So it was, but as I said, um, Patrick Curran was there for a while, you know, and next thing he was kind of out of favour whether they didn't like him. As in, you know, he didn't get much time yeah. uh, there, but he's back in the, he, he scored a great point just before half time. She's a long ranger. Jeez, that was a, that was a great score as well. But Ward would have hurlers, but he, 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 he needs to find a couple of marquee players, um, that are going to step. Ozzy Gleeson this year, <clears throat> he needs to stand up to be a big leader for them. He's around a long time now. You know, he, he needs to be a big leader along with a couple of the Bennett's as well. But, would you believe this? You know, that Kieran Bennett lad that got the five points, he yeah. played wing back, you know. Played wing back. Wing back. Played wing back against, against yeah. Galway in that all in final, I'm fairly sure. Um, yeah, he did. Wing, wing back. And they're playing on wing forward now, and he's scoring six points. I d- yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh, there could be a role for him, like a Daniel Carney type role for Kieran Bennett. Like, I mean, I didn't realize he had those type of points in his locker at all from the sideline. Mm-hmm. A big array yeah. of scores and a sideline and the whole lot. That's a good example now. The likes of da- uh, Daniel Carney. That's exactly maybe the role that he will be given because when it comes to championships, all the managers kind of like to pack up the middle, you know, especially the middle third. So, uh, oh, he's he's. He's able to hit ball sides, and he was um he was he was good. So was, and also I was impressed with their centre forwards uh, for Watford. Is it young Jack F- Prendergast? Yeah, Jack Prendergast. Yeah, he would think, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah Le- Prendergast and Young Fagan yeah, came Le- into it as well. He scored uh, yeah. two points. Yeah. These are all new names to us. Like, and as I said, that's why I thought yeah, Cork Cork should have won that game yesterday. But there's just something missing in Cork. I don't know. As I said, unless they start getting a little bit rougher, a little bit crosser. Uh, I just don't see where, where where their championship is going this year, you know. Uh, but well done to Watford. It was great scores down there, and, and it was a great win for them. Yeah, I think Prendergast has been around a couple of a couple of uh, a couple of years in around midfield. The biggest, the most impressive newcomer was Irla Daly. He looked outstanding, like a real stocky uh, player for such a young player on his debut. He didn't look out. He he has the same build as as Philip Mahoney, who's retired. But he looks, Jack, ha- he, he looks to have a bit more hurling in him than Philip Matney, actually. Yeah, actually, you're exactly the lad I thought of. That he looks just like him, so you know, on the same builds. But oh, he, 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 he looked very, very comfortable there yesterday. 
got a got a long range point. And you have to remember, with a long range point like that, he had the confidence to go for it. Yeah. So he had Gozab. He he's definitely a find. He he's definitely going to make the championship team. Like they're going to stick with him now for definite, and he'll be playing all the league games to get momentum, get confidence into his game. So he's, but he's definitely been a find. Definitely a find. And he, he's, a, he's a left-hander, if I'm not mistaken, playing left half-back. And he goes to let on, he's going to drive it down the wing and he taps it on the hurl and brings it back infield. He did that a few times at Hodder. was impressed. Again, this is his debut. He just didn't look out of place at all. Yeah, no, no. He's, a, he's, he's right-hand on top. So he's, he's, not, he's, he's not a left-hander. He's a right, right-hand on top. But okay. as I said, he's a good, yeah, he's a good striker of a ball. So he's, and as the saying is, he's all there. He's all there. He won't be pushed off the ball uh, too easily. And you could see it, even the, the the arms on him. He He's a good bit of physical conditioning done. So he has him there. He, he's there now. It's, it's like Adam, if he can stamp his name on that position, he's there for a few years. Yeah, exactly. The poor, the one thing for Waterford, who was very poor defending for all three goals. So they were in disarray for the first two early goals. They were they had enough men back. It's not like they were, they, they were down numbers or exposed. They just kind of were kind of... I don't know, fresh airs at balls and they were, you know, they were scrappy kind of, um, scrappy kind of goals. And then I thought Shane Fives um, defending for Shane Kingston's uh, second goal. That was dreadful. He's goal side of Kingston there. There was no, there should have been no goal on when Kingston got that ball in his hand. Yeah, the like, Liam Cal would be happy with any of the three goals. Yeah. That's the, the first goal was real scrappy. So it was the second goal was real scrappy again. Kingston whipped it to the net. And in the third goal, Kingston, which you know you'd be disappointed to the league goal at the very, very end, right? But like he, he got around them very easily and he got away from them very easily. You know, and got he shot in, you know, where all the the top class cornerbacks you'd you'd like to say that they would stick with their man and even if he swung to hit it, they they get hooking. You know, but oh no, he Liam Cal won't be happy with the defending and lacking uh, three goals. But so he knows coming away from that game after winning, getting three points on the board that he needs to improve his full back end, which they did. They tried to improve it there uh, during the first half, but there's room for improvement definitely in the full back line area with tightening up and just doing better defending. Yeah, it was Shane Fives came on for Conor Gleeson, who's known as one of their best, as probably their best man marker. He was pulled off after 30 minutes. So Cahill um, doesn't hang around when he wants to take someone off. I think Gleeson started on on Patrick Horgan and then moved on to... On to um, and to Kingston and got an awful roasting off Kingston. Is Kingston the most frustrating player you've ever seen? And that he scored two two. He should be man of the match, but he missed so many chances. Then that you're kind of like, oh jeez, even the equalising point, he should he should be getting that. Yeah, see, with our favours, well, last year, you know, it's one thing is just see, he's young now. To be fair, to be fair to him, uh, we can't young. keep saying he's. Good. I think he's around four or five years now. Jeez, I thought he was only around twenty one or twenty two, but. Yeah, no, but he should be scoring them. You were speaking about inter-county level. So the answer is, yeah, he should be scoring them. He, you know, he, it was a, a poor miss, I suppose, at the very, at the very last strike of the game. Uh, it, 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 he's fatter than the manager, isn't he? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. So, so I'm sure they had an interesting chat there at, uh, last night when they're having a cup of tea before they went to bed or whatever. You know, but no, he's frustrating in the sense that he can turn it on for 35 minutes and go out of the game for another 35 like this. But yeah. he needs to improve. Uh, he needs to improve. But geez, there's a lot of them that need to improve in that cork set of. I, I was disappointed. He still finished up with a, a, a you know, was it two? What two, did he, two. What did he up? two, two or that? But, yeah, but there's other players that hardly fared out yesterday. But look at, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say it was his first day. Hopefully, he'll get him scores. 
uh, in the championship, he'll be a lot sharper. But um, the core five need to improve. Yeah, uh, maybe he, maybe he's only just going back to Liam Cal. Go on, just going back to Liam Cal. You said that Liam Cal he doesn't hang around. He takes Liam Cal is putting his name on the block there. Like the bigger picture, I would think for Liam Cal is that he would like to become the temporary manager when Liam Sheedy walks away. So like he's gone down there now to water. Number one to improve water, but also to improve himself. You know, and to get extra managerial experience into his game. So, like, he's going down there to do a job and to have people talk about him. You know, it's all grand winning minors and under-20s, but sometimes it mightn't be recognised. So he's going down there, and the bigger picture, I would think, for Lean Kyle is the temporary job. When that comes, whether it's two or three years' time, he'll want to be throwing his CV onto a table and going, I want an interview. Yeah. You know, so he's down there going to give it everything. No, definitely. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Cork, how to flatter to deceive, and they're not a league team anyway. We know that it's 17 wides, um, and to give to get a two-goal head start and still be beaten, it's hard to know what to, th- what to think of them. Now, we don't want to be too hard on them. They won back-to-back Munsters two years ago. Last year, they had a very bad year. So you're hoping Kieran Kingston's coming back in to replicate the form you know, that they showed in his, in his first year when, like, there's two years, like, the Sherlimerick were steeped against them had that comeback that was only two years ago in Crow Park and Limerick won the All-Ireland so like I mean I think we can be too hard on Cork sometimes you know like they definitely fell off their, their standard last year whether they can get, get that back they still did a good team out yesterday Colm they had a very strong team you know, they, out yeah I, I reckon yesterday watching the match they had uh, five five of the six forwards playing for their championship Alan Cadigan missing yeah right? Yeah, your man was your man was centre forward, uh, Mark Coleman, which I reckon will go back out to midfield. So they, they technically had, uh, you know, Bill Cooper was midfield. You know, they had a lot of their. I I tell you, they had twelve of their first fifteen out there yesterday. I would agree. Five of their starting six forwards, and like I know you see, we can't be too critical, but like this is a team that won two monster championships. You know, in the in the last was it three or four years, they're all brilliant hurlers, all lovely technical, lovely skill. Hurlers, everything, but they need to get a little bit of boldness or a bit of uh, manliness or aggression into their game because it's yesterday they had a way better team than Water out and they just faltered. Just I'm, I just I, I'm only just speaking honestly, Colin. I, I was disappointed in them, you know, I just really disappointed in them. And it's sad saying that we can't be too hard on them, but they, they should be doing better. They've played hurlers, like. yeah, yeah. Kieran Kingston was focusing on. Forward. They've great forwards. These are some lovely forwards. You know, they have forwards that can score. You know, maybe they need to tighten up maybe at the back. But, and they will improve, fair enough. But these are great forwards. They, they should be doing better, like, you know. Yeah, maybe they <clears throat> they seem to be more of a summer team anyways. We're going to give performance of the weekend to Irla Daly. I thought he was outstanding. There's always a young player on their debut that stands out and you think he'll be around for a good few years and he's definitely one of them he cut he catch your eye well able to handle himself and there's a senior intercounty hurler in him for many years to come i'd imagine with irla daly so like i mean he was very impressive so he's getting uh, performance of the weekend we're not going to do another section on performance of the weekend because we talk too much about handball alleys in part one damien so we've run out of time so there we go sorry sorry about that lad. <laughs> handball alleys and ball balls and gable into the house but if there's anyone out there that are listening to the podcast, if you're doing training sessions, whatever, put your team through a half an hour ball wall session at pace. And I tell you one thing, they'll be fairly tired and the lads will improve their hurling. 
and I was always big into it. That, that, that's just me. I used to love doing it. Yeah. Cheesy, you're so enthusiastic about it, Damien. I could talk to you about wall balls all day. We might finish up this show and I'll give you a ring and we'll have a chat about it in, in private. Colin, I, I don't have any more time. I have to go. <laughs> all right. Talk to you, Damien. Thanks very much. All right. Good luck. All right, that's all we've time for. We'll be back on Thursday and we will preview next weekend's games. We'll talk to you then. Good luck. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I should go on. So it opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are. And uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, har- I'm heartbroken. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.